Radio with Tony and Kathy and Hank and Brennan and Jody in the studio. And we will hear from Craig in a bit. We got a lot on the agenda today. Um, we are going to hear about Apple TV and its programming. We are going to hear about comics. We are not just going to like promise comics and then throw them in at the end. We're actually going to spend some good quality time on comics today. But first up, we have Tony and Kathy on something that I didn't know existed, and that is the Toy Hall of Fame. What is this? National Toy Hall of Fame started in 1998. Now. I had no idea about the National Toy Hall of Fame or anything about it until today. And I thought I was pretty keen on the toys. Uh, seems I was not. <laughs> <laughs> so the National uh, to Toy Hall of Fame is located in Rochester, New York. It's in a museum that houses other um, Hall of Fame type things. Um, it's called the Strong. Strong Museum, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and they also have a video game Hall of Fame inductees also. But we're going to talk about the toys today. You know, I the fact that I didn't know this thing existed, I can kind of tell you why. I think that it's kind of a bit odd. Um, and I, I think it's odd because the, the, the things that they've actually put into the Hall of Fame, the toys that have made it in, are very, some of them are un understandable, but some of them are odd. Um, when I first looked at it, I was pretty excited because the first year there was the Barbie. Uh, oh, I love the Barbie. Yeah, the mm. Erector set, the Etch-A-Sketch, the Frisbee, the Hula Hoop, Lego, Lincoln Logs, Marbles, Monopoly, Play-Doh, uh, Roller Skates, Teddy Bears, Tinker Toys, Viewmasters, and the Yo-Yo. So there's a lot of things, classic toys, and so this is, the, uh, this is where it started. Uh, and as you go down the list, year after year, there seems to be like less things. Um, uh, and then you'll get into some cool stuff. So basically what I'm saying is, is it's, not, it's not that it's a, a, a bad thing, uh, and it's not that it's not what it should be. It's just that Star Wars didn't get inducted until like 2012. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> um, is, is this like an industry award? So is it chosen by people in the industry, or is it more like the People's Choice Award? Um, it is not by industry at all, as you can tell by some of the inductees. So there, uh, people can go to the website uh, of the museum and you can vote um, to, to have something inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. Then they pick the 12, uh, the 12 best nominees for the year and they discuss them and then they'll induct a few of them this year there's three yeah. inductees there's three been inductees. more in the yeah. past though but do you remember what the uh the the people that were up for it this year uh like all the 12 yeah the 12 yes. they're up for it this year this is 2019 yeah, yeah yeah so this year there were care bears That's, the color like the care bears yeah. yeah the coloring book mm, toy maybe pushing it pushing it pushing it, it. it. pushing it the uh let me talk about that after. Okay, but here, okay there's, right. so there's a Fisher oh. Price, the there's Fisher a, Price popper. The oh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean. oh, where, where kids yeah. learn how to walk and pop that yeah. thing around the house with flopper. all the balls in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Jenga blocks. Uh, take a block like, from the so bottom. The Jenga, that was the game Jenga. Yeah, the Jenga game. Yeah, all right. you yeah. put the block yeah. on top. Yeah. Take a block in the middle. Yes. Magic the Gathering. 
Now that is. Is whoa, that a toy? Is that a toy? I don't think. It's like a card game. I don't think game. a card game is a toy. It's kind of like calling chess a sport. <laughs> the, True. The chess is a sport. Oh no. The so. criteria to have these inducted though doesn't doesn't mean that it's it, a toy isn't necessarily. Um, a criteria even though it's a toy hall of fame they have to have icon status um they have to have long longevity um they have to promote discovery and promote innovation so uh, recognized respected remembered longevity so yeah. here, uh, here's a question um one i've just scrolled through all this i don't see light bright anywhere which is curious uh but in 2008 it took them till 2008 to induct the stick the stick Curators praised the stick for its all-purpose, no-cost recreational qualities, noting its ability to serve either as raw material or as an appendage transformed in a myriad of ways by child's creativity. The stick. All right. I'm going to one-up you on the stick. The stick. <laughs> I want to one-up you when, on the when stick. When did cardboard box the get box in there? The box has also it, been in. You air. have children, though. <laughs> if you have children, that, that's the, the best toy. 2005, the cardboard box. Oh, the box beat out the it was, stick. It yeah. beat, uh, beat out the stick. Uh, the cardboard box came in with the Jack in the Box and Candyland. Oh, Candyland. Candyland is, but yeah, the cardboard box made it in there. So it's kind of a yeah, it's yeah. Easy Bake Oven was the year after 2006. So I guess more people enjoyed the GI Joes in there. I see Green Joe's Green Army there. Men. That's the in Army there. Men's yeah. in there. The Jigsaw Puzzle. Did The Rock make it yet? Not the wrestler, but the actual like rock. a rock. <laughs> the Rock? No, I think they don't because that see would that promote there, no. creativity the and skateboard. The big one. Who, so who got in this year? It was the 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 Magic the Gathering cards. Got Is that in. who I won? I saw that. Yeah, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Uh, the coloring book and matchbox cars. Okay. Right. So tell me, but you got a little coloring book story there? What's your... You, <gasps> no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily about the coloring book, but just that... Um, the coloring book isn't necessarily a toy it's a genre of toys and they're not all toys like the box and the stick um they just have to spark imagination and be something that promotes using your mind yeah using your mind creativity yeah. all right well that's probably why i failed because <laughs> i never played with a box i definitely never played with a stick maybe if i had a stick in my hand my brother would be running that's that's how i remember the stick so would an imaginary friend count as a toy Ooh. and, I, if, I bet and you it would. should and i think because that's the ultimate that use of as, imagination as a uh, ballot i think yeah yeah for 2020 that. imaginary friend i i i'm rooting for the box i do believe that the cardboard box is the ultimate toy of all time and any cat will prove this uh, yeah. if you put a, an, an animal in in a box like that um i spent hours playing with boxes and there's a product called Mr. McGroovies. They, they've been marketed as other names as well, but they're basically um, like rivets that you can reuse for cardboard boxes to make them into armor or a castle or oh. a pirate ship or whatever. And That's like, neat. if you you know can get your hands on like some refrigerator boxes, your world will change. Huh. I gotta say, cardboard—it's the wave of the future. So the smartphone was actually one of the top twelve this year. Um, as a toy and didn't make it got no. asked no. yeah it's not a toy because of the gaming how it changed gaming when you got the smartphone it changed gaming for you know for people so that was why it was I would really rather be sitting at a restaurant and looking over at a table where a family is sitting and have like a parent hand their kid a stick 
yeah. and a home. <laughs> More parenting respect there, for sure. <laughs> the stick. Did you finish all your supper? Well, you did, Kate. Here's your stick. Go play. <laughs> or what are you looking at? Oh, it's my imaginary friend holding a stick in a cardboard box. In a cardboard box. Again. Spoiled yep. kid. Okay, we're starting that. We're starting the whole campaign for the imaginary friend nomination. Okay. What about couch? What about couch couch cushions? We used to hide under oh, couch cushions. Oh, yeah, that could have been a, that was a good them? one. Yeah. Yeah. The blanket. The blanket. The blanket right? is nominated. It's the in there already. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. The blanket is in. The blanket is in. Uh, anyway, yeah. So there you go. Um, we also have to talk about one thing that came up uh, today on my on my or yesterday on my Lego feed that the new Batmobile Lego is now coming out soon. Yeah, uh, yeah, the 1989 version. Yeah, the 99 version of the Batmobile is coming out. Looks really sweet. It's the, one of the larger cars. Uh, it's like three thousand pieces. Three thousand pieces. Yeah. Three hundred some dollars. Three hundred some dollars, and it's a nice looking. Oh, Lego. for those of you that oh, you need to look it up to check this picture out. That's it a nice looking Batmobile pretty, right there. Pretty nice. So, so that's the new Lego mm-hmm. news. That's the 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 national toy induct uh, inductees uh, that everyone can go and get their stick in their box and. Who needs? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew Star Wars would lose out to stick? Yeah. <laughs> who knew? <clears throat> All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna uh, let Craig get the next few minutes. Uh, here's your pop culture dose. Hey, thanks, guys. Craig Silliphant, the Movie Geek here, and I got a couple of things I want to talk about today. A couple TV shows and a movie. So, uh, first off, I've been watching the new Watchmen series on HBO, obviously based on the book by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. One of those comic books uh, where it elevated the genre that is always maligned as just being like kiddie cartoons, elevated it into you know having more people consider it legitimate literature, which I think is great. There was the movie as well, uh, the Zack Snyder version, which uh, I actually don't mind that version. Probably one of his better adaptations of material, I guess, considering how badly he botched up the DCU. Uh, Watchmen is on HBO. Damon Lindelof, uh, who did The Leftovers, uh, which was also a great show, stars Regina King, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, Lou Gossett Jr., Jeremy Irons, so a bunch of familiar faces there. Uh, Basically, it takes place 34 years after the events of the series itself and within the same alternate reality. I guess Lindelof basically called it a remix of the limited series where he wanted to be able to pull in some elements from the series itself, but also uh, spin it off in a new direction that gave it its own story and wasn't a reboot or a remake or, or any of those kind of things. Have it have it be somewhat original. So it focuses on the events surrounding racial tensions in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The police conceal their identities. They all look like they're uh, part of uh, Cobra, if you remember G. I., the G.I. Joe bad guy. And they have allowed masked vigilantes to join their ranks. So far, I've only watched a couple of episodes, but we've seen uh, characters from the series like uh, Ozymandias, and there's obviously references to Dr. Manhattan and stuff. I've heard Silk uh, Spectre shows up too. Uh, the music is actually really cool in the show. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross uh, do all the composing uh, for the show, and it just it's just has this these crazy tones to it, sometimes aggressive, sometimes sleazy. It's one of those scores where you just notice how much cooler it makes the action. So, so far, even two episodes in, I'm, I'm pretty wowed, and I, I can't wait to see more. There's another show that I finally caught up with, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Uh, which is on Amazon, and it's not normally the kind of show I would watch, but it's the kind of thing that my wife might 
convinced me to watch. And it stars uh, Rachel Brosnahan as Miriam Midge Maisel, a housewife in 1958 New York, who sort of discovers she has a knack for stand-up comedy after her husband fancies himself a stand-up comedian but really just rips other people's better material off. He uh, has an embarrassing set and he leaves her and she sort of stumbles into this life for herself. Great cast too, Alex Bornstein, uh, Tony Shalhoub, Kevin Pollack uh, feature in prominent roles. The series itself has received quite a few awards, Golden Globe for Best Television Series, Musical or Comedy, Primetime Emmys, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. I think she won some awards too for her performance. So not normally the kind of show I would usually watch, but uh, it was funny and it had a, a good idea behind it. And in terms of movies, I got a chance to check out Terminator Dark Fate this week. Normally it's been my dark fate to be at the mercy of the Terminator franchise, you know, I really love the first two movies, but they just keep pumping out crap that I'll keep going to see uh, because I'm a sucker, apparently. But in Dark Fate, uh, Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton, is back, and she and an augmented human from the future have to protect a young girl from a new kind of Terminator. Uh, I think at best it's a new take on the story. Uh, at the most cynical, it's a Force Awakens-style reboot where you sort of bring back the original characters and hand it off to a new generation. I don't know if the main character, Danny Ramos, is as interesting as Ray or Finn or Poe or BB-8, though. But uh, let me just say I enjoyed the movie, but I can't help but think that they're leaving some powerful ideas on the table. I mean, these movies keep operating as if the world doesn't know Terminators exist, and they always just they send one back to, to terminate one person and then usually one person to protect them. But why not, like, send 50 Terminators back? and have the army fight them led by Sarah Connor or whatever. The stakes between T1 and T2 went up significantly, but they haven't done that since, and Dark Fate follows the same basic beats as what came before. Uh, I loved having these three female heroes. Uh, Sarah Connor's one of the greatest action heroes of all time. It's great to see her back, even if Linda Hamilton isn't the greatest actress. Uh, Mackenzie Davis is an excellent actress. And as I said, Danny Ramos is meant to sort of be the weak noob Sarah Connors from T1. And she does that well, but she the character ends up being a, a bit bland. Anyway, they obviously brought back Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. Uh, he's His character's interesting and has some moments of humor in the movie, actually. Uh, I, had, I had a lot of little nitpicks, which comes from the nature of a time travel story mixed with the, you know, the Terminator fanboy part of me. Uh, but like I said, I wish it had been a more original story, but I enjoyed watching it. Uh, it was compelling enough. It was well-paced, and some of the action sequences were great. If you want to read my full review, it's on thefeedbacksociety.com. And that's what I've been watching this week. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to you guys. Greg. All right, so lots to think about and lots more to think about because, Hank, you've been studying TV. You are going to give us a review of what you think of the Apple TV Plus yes. programming. So what's the scoop? I, uh, I agree with everything that Craig just said. Um, I, everything. Like what, everything you just said, awesome. Way to go, Craig. Now, everybody in here, the Apple TV Plus, who's checked it out so far? Anybody? Apple no. TV. No, we've got to know. Okay, well, I did. <laughs> so the Apple TV Plus, it's like uh, the Netflix for the Apple, like the Hulu for the Apple. It's oh. Apple's original programming. Ooh, just came out. So let's start off with <clears throat> the tasty treat called C, not the letter S-E-E. Also not Saskatchewan Entertainment Expo. And if I was Mike and Chris, I'd sue. That's not right. <laughs> so C, it stars Jason Momoa, you know, Aquaman. Oh, so yeah. the IMDB synopsis says, far in a dystopian future, the human race has lost the sense of sight. And society has had to find new ways to interact, build, hunt, and to survive. All of that is challenged when a set of twins is born with sight. Bum, bum, bum. Here's a spoiler alert. 
I'm two episodes in. They have not mentioned these little twin babies have in sight yet. Why would they ruin it in the synopsis? Huh. Like, you don't know about that. That's probably like the season ender. Like, That's unbelievable. The big, the big twist ending. Oh, sorry. Unbelievable. So the first episode, uh, it feels like uh, the movie or the graphic novel, uh, 300, which I'm sure we've all checked that out, right? Um, so this time, Aquaman is the Gerard Butler character. And now there was a traitor in his little village who went to this huge horde of the enemies that are coming to find a witch or something. And so they all tried to attack. So this tiny group of people went and fended off the horde. And then um, it got a little little action-packed. There was the scene involving rocks crushing people. Eh, it was pretty good. Then the second episode, um, I don't want to give more away because we've already talked about the spoilers about the babies. But so far, I'm enjoying the show. It's really good. It's good. What are you giving for a for a value there? What's the At value? a value for the first two episodes yeah. that I've watched, I'm going to give it a strong 84. So oh. 8.4. 8.4 out of 10. <laughs> now, um, the uh, where did I leave that? The new the director uh, in there, um, Lawrence, uh, whatever his first name is, who directed The Hunger Games and Joy and all of those. So he directed the first few episodes. Uh, the guy that wrote. Um, Oh my goodness! What did oh Eastern Promises um, is the guy that came up with the show. He also uh, created uh, the Peaky Blinders and the Taboo uh, TV series as well. So so far, really good. Second show I checked out because I've got so much time. Three in the morning. I'm watching this for all mankind. What would happen if the space race was still on? Then the Russians were the first ones to land somebody on the moon. Bum, bum, bum. Do you know what happens? What? The Americans are embarrassed because they came in number two. Nixon's still the president. He's very embarrassed. He's upset because they came in number two. Silver Price, you get nothing. So now the Americans are embarrassed. And now, boom, you go from there. I watched the first so episode. So you're this uh, so you start off in the sixties? Yep. So the the same they... year that the Americans like in, in yeah. our timeline when yeah. the Americans landed on the moon. The instead did. in this other timeline, the Russians did it because the Americans tried and something happened, they had to abort the mission. So am I watching this in the sixties then? Like yep. is this still it continues yep. on from there? From the sixties. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's old school. Um Ronald D. Moore, who uh, did the newest version of Battlestar Galactica. Mm. The guy that did the uh, Outlander, right? That's the show, yep. right? Oh, very good. It's nice. very good. What's it called? It is called um, For All Mankind. So are you watching like the Americans be embarrassed or yep. are you watching yep. the so far Soviets it's, it's being... uh, centered on the Americans okay. uh, and you got Buzz in there, you got Neil, and then you've got uh, some of the other supporting uh, players around the actual Apollo launch. Neil, and moon. this is, you have to watch us on the Apple uh, TV? The Apple, Apple Plus. Right now, uh, you get it free for a certain length of time. And if you buy a new Apple product, like a phone or an iPad or a Mac or something, you get it free for a year. I don't know. But if not, five ninety nine a month. Okay. Hmm, gotcha. So also on the Apple TV Plus, uh, Snoopy in Space. Uh, Dickinson, The Elephant Queen, Helpsters, and Ghost Rider. Uh, I haven't had time to watch Dickinson yet, but the rest of those, the kids and I watched. Snoopy in Space, it's cute and funny. The Elephant Queen uh, documentary uh, narrated by the Black Panther guy. So the Black Panther narrating a documentary about elephants, okay, in Africa. It is stunning. Oh, it is beautiful, beautiful documentary. Even the kids are, we feel like we're really there. I'm like, who doesn't love elephants? Exactly. Who doesn't love elephants? And uh, Helpsters uh, is made by the, our peeps that do Sesame Street. So it's kind of aimed at uh, younger kids. And this Ghost Rider, a little bit like uh, Goosebumps, but not as good. So I don't know if we're going to watch any more of that. Ghost Rider as in... Ghost, the, uh, ghost Rider, ghost sorry. Ghost Rider. Oh, I yeah. excited there. So. It's like Ghost Rider. No. Ghost Rider. And uh, last but not least, Jennifer Aniston is back on the TV. 
Okay, Jennifer Aniston on The Morning Show, starring Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Mark Duplass, Steve Carell, and Billy Crudup. Crudup? Crudup. Crudup. Billy? Cut up. IMDb <laughs> says, It's an inside look at the lives of people who help America wake up in the morning, explore the unique challenges faced by the men and women who carry out this daily television ritual. But you know what? It's not. It has nothing to do with that at all. That is not the show, not even the slightest. What they're trying to do is create what they did in The Loudest Voice. Um, anybody watch that? About Roger Ailes and that Fox News whole thing? Yes. So Steve Carell is Roger Ailes. In this, the first two episodes are lightweight, they're weak, uh, pretty much a waste of time watching, but I kept going because there's three episodes out now. The third episode, now it's intriguing near the end, they might go a different direction, I don't want to ruin it, but if you can make it to the third episode, the fourth one might be worth checking out. Uh, cool. awesome. but, but out of all of them, it is the weakest so far. So the uh, the Jason Momoa one, yeah, that's worth checking out. The cool. space race, gotta do it. I would think that Jason Momoa one would be like S-E-A- Oh, like Aquaman <laughs> yeah. in the sea. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. It wasn't that Cal they could still be guy. blind underwater, right? You it's don't really true. need your eyes underwater. Oh, and I, I forgot one very important thing about that show. How, when uh, humans have been blind now for like hundreds of years now, how do they still manage to coordinate their outfits perfectly? <laughs> like with the right colors and everything's matching, going with each other. Well, if you don't know, well, how are you not wearing like green and red? And Like you have no idea, right? But somehow they're all good looking people that don't, they can't see themselves. And the outfits they put on, I don't know. I don't know. They're looking good. Divine I intervention. Know. I don't know. But maybe we'll find out in episode eight. Maybe we'll find out how they do that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, one know. question before we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, Disney... Disney Plus is happening. Comes out soon. Some, I think it's the 11th, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Are you subscribing? Oh, 14th. 14th, 14th. yes. Yeah. So we have not pre-prescribed prescribed yet. You haven't, you haven't prescribed yourself not, a dose of Disney, Disney Plus. subscribed my dose of Disney Plus yet. But you're going to do it, though, right? Well, we're going to get it. It's yeah. just, yeah, we haven't. I don't know. Kathy's on it, she says. Keep Be, because me of the kids, I have it. to do it. It's going to save me, like, hundreds of dollars a year. So exciting. That is the most exciting thing in my life right now. Wow. Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. Mandalorian. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh, is that something to do with Star Wars? It's a Star Wars. Oh, show. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just is, it's Star Wars. I just wanted Boba to check. I just it's Boba Fett. Hmm. Boba Fett. <laughs> All right. Well, if you can't watch TV, you can kind of read TV because that's really what comics are. So, Brennan and I have some stuff that we want to talk about. Um, on the top of your pile, I see Steeple, John Allison, who I really, really like. Um, I read issue one. But I don't remember anything about it. So, like, what? why do you, did you bring this today? Why do you want to talk about Steeple? Um, I really enjoyed Steeple. Uh, I've never read John Allison before, so this was a new for me. Um, there's two issues out right now, and it follows a, uh, a priest in training, and she goes to the seacoast town in England, and oh, yeah. there is something happening there. The town seems to be cursed. She doesn't know what it is. Um, what I really like about this is that it's almost kind of like a day-in-the-life-of kind of comic with some, like adult situations it's got some horror elements but it's not at all scary so for someone that is interested in monsters and things but doesn't want to have to read gore it's a it's a it's a really good bridge um and i think his use of facial expressions is really quite amazing like the way the the characters are able to evoke so many emotions just with his expressions so steeple right now i'm really enjoying and i hope i hope more will come out be good okay um i really dug this week um there's a lot of stuff out right now from joe hill so uh, last week we had Basket Full of Heads, which I wanted to talk about, and we ran out of time. So basically this is um, on the DC Block label, and um, a lot of buzz about it. 
the first issue, the first two pages, it's like there's somebody walking across the bridge and they have a basket full of heads. And then the next, the rest of the issue deals with like a flashback of like these people in the seaside town. It's the end of summer. You've got like a young couple who are, you know, like the young guy's been interning, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, as a as a policeman for his like first year of kind of learning to be a cop. And then there's a prison breakout. And so this is a little bit of an emergency in the town. And then things kind of go a little sideways from there. So I thought that the groundwork that was laid in that first issue was really good. It's good storytelling. Um, it actually felt a lot like Lock and Key, which is my favorite Joe Hill series, um, but a little bit more contemporary. And uh, it is horror, but it doesn't feel like horror. Like it feels like a, a just a drama. It's, it's setting up a lot of things. So I'm sure by the next few issues, there'll be a lot of payoffs in that way. Yeah. Can, can I ask a question about this one? I, I'm, I'm looking at the cover here and we've got a guy in a, a, a yellow raincoat uh, holding the basket with something over top that looks like the American flag to me and um, an axe or a hatchet that's got blood dripping off it. Um, is this actually what happens in the first issue? Like you see this guy with a... Uh, you see a guy holding a basket full of heads and the heads are talking. Mm. So. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of setup in this one, so we'll, it's so like a I should I should read comic. this in the middle of the afternoon. That's what you're saying. No, yeah. it's, this it's is not creeping that me out. Uh, no, it's not. It's not that creepy. It's surprisingly uncreepy, oh. in fact. But it feels like it will get creepy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, the other thing that Joe Hill had this week is there was a one shot lock and key issue that came out. Um, it's called Dog Days, and it's actually two short stories building on the lock and key empire when we haven't had an issue of that forever. Like, ah, these guys are such teases. Like, him and Gabriel Rodriguez have been making this for, like, a decade. And it's a, if you've not read Lock and Key, you should. It's a great, great series. Um, and it's about this, like, weird house that has these keys. And when you open certain doors or things... Um, things happen. I don't want to do any spoilers. I think you should experience it on your own. But they've been teasing a TV show of this, and it would make an amazing TV series. They've been promising it for years. In the uh, last one shot that they had, uh, Small World, I think it was called. It was about a year ago. Um, there was a big essay by the two of them in the back of the comic that said, like, yeah, we've got this new like Lock and Key series coming out. It's going to be 32 issues plus the TV show. We're definitely making that. And then nothing until like Wednesday when this like one shot came out. So it was nice to get a little taste um, to just be reminded that it is on the horizon, but as of yet, just empty promises. So I guess basketful ahead, it has to keep me satisfied for the time being. Better than nothing, I guess. So it's good to support the writers that you like. Okay, um, you want to talk about Pink Lemonade? Um, so this is really just a fun little romp, I got to say. Um, Nick Cagnetti, it's, it's like a superhero girl, motorcycle gal who sort of stumbles into fame. Um, she doesn't seem to be of this world, and she meets this like kid and her mom, and they have dinner, and they're friends, and she's just like super easygoing and very likable. This is a likable book. It's it's Mike Allred meets Jack Kirby, um, and even the the tone of the story is very much like the original Madman. Um, he has a memory trying to figure out who he is, and she's kind of the same way. Not quite sure who she is. She wants to ride her motorbike and do good. Her scarf is always 
sticking up like it's always in the wind somehow no matter where she is but it's yeah it's a good it's a good fun read yeah. who uh who published that uh it's a live press cool because i know there was an indiegogo to get that one started so <laughs> nice okay we have a few minutes so real quick undiscovered country this is lighting up the uh the internets uh this is scott snyder and charles soul and basically the premise of it is that like the united states kind of says screw you to the world puts up a border and shuts down communications for 30 years and the world is fighting it out on their own and kind of evolves into two factions then they get all diseased and they're all gonna die because of this virus and they suddenly get a message from the usa that says like hey we'll let you in and we'll give you like the antidote to this problem um you just have to come so they sent a little entourage to the u.s and then things really go sideways Yes, that's about <laughs> it. Um, it looks like it's going to be a big, big, big story. Like they're doing a bunch of world building, uh, which I think is interesting. I sometimes find if it's too big, I kind of lose interest a little bit. But it's really well done. It is really good. And it's nice to see that these two kingpins from D.C. are trying something different. Um, there's an essay in the back of issue number one where they discuss like how they got together, how they became friends, how they started world building, how long it took them to like put this concept together before it actually was in, like in our hands and um yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing more from these guys yeah i'm, I'm sure it will be really good it's kind of like mad max with the sky in the u.s but not at all <laughs> that's a good way to put it okay um that wraps up another episode of punch radio so until next time we will leave you